You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is John Ferris. And John is the CEO of Envision Edge, which is a management consultancy focused on helping organizations innovate and grow. John has a mission to help leaders and organizations do great things, whatever their definition of greatness is. John is a believer in the three elements of organizational transformation, strategy, innovation, and leadership. He and his company focus on pragmatic tools and training and coaching, and John is motivated to help get results fast for his clients. So welcome to the show, John. Hey, Dennis. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you being here. You're in Canada. This is, I think, the second interview with somebody I've had in Canada today. So it's, it's a trend. Where are you based out of? We are in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is pretty much dead center of Canada. So welcome from Canada. Yes, very good. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Thankful to Zoom, obviously, with everybody working from home these days. Zoom has become the, the go-to tool of everybody communicating with Corona and all the madness that's going on. So Kudos to Zoom. And appreciate, again, appreciate you being here today. Just to kind of tease you guys a little bit to give you a sense as to what we're going to talk about and where John's expertise lies is we're going to talk about how to stop spinning your wheels so you can focus on the most important areas of, to grow your business, right? So because there's a lot of things you can do in business, right? You can get real busy, but you're not always very productive and it's not always leading to growth. And so we're going to hone in on that topic today. I think it's a really important topic, whether you're a small business, a medium, or even an enterprise type business, you can definitely learn from this. So grab a pen and paper, take a few notes. But before we do that, you know, John, give us a little bit of insight. Give us a quick background on you. Take a couple minutes and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, thanks, Dennis. So my background prior to starting Envision seven years ago was working primarily in large organizations, worked in large manufacturing organizations, helping them grow and scale. And all of those organizations were in very rapid growth mode in Canada and the U.S. So the privilege of being part of the teams that helped grow these organizations. And I wore quite a few hats, actually. I wore operational hats. I was head of operations for a period of time. I was head of HR for periods of time. And sales and marketing and business development, primarily toward the end of my large company career, I worked on the sales and marketing side. So all of that really formed the kind of the framework for me going out on my own, which I did about 10 years ago. Formed a partnership with another small consulting company, primarily in strategy and growth work but took some of the lessons learned that I had experienced in these large companies and applied it to smaller organizations in this firm. And then seven years ago, went on my own. I started my own company, Envision Edge, focusing primarily on growth, which is the three pillars of growth, strategy, innovation, and leadership. And started by myself alone in an office and and grew a client base of great Canadian companies. And now we have a team of seven people, full-time employees, and we've got a number of associates and have the privilege of working with quite a few companies here in Canada and in the US as well. So it's been Wild ride, learning along the way, but the basis of that came from the large company experience that I have, and now we've distilled it down to deal with smaller and mid-sized organizations as we help them grow now. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, 
That's perfect. So do me a favor and give the audience a sense if you can. You know, you said you have seven employees, you know, as to scale or size of your company, even if it's in a range, whether that be revenue or percentage growth. I mean, is it six figures, is it seven figures, is it eight figures? I mean, every company that comes on here is a slightly different shape and size. So I'm just trying to get a sense. You went out on your own seven years ago. What does that look like for 2019 or 2020? Can you share that, any of that with us? No, seven figures. So it's, and we were growing quite rapidly. So it's, you know, it's really focused on, on high growth and working in the, in the small, mid and large company side of things. So we, the business model is primarily retainer. We work a lot on retainer. So we will we'll start with some, you know, assignments and some engagements of folks. We often move to a retainer based arrangement with, especially the mid to large organizations. So yeah, that's really been our focus. And as we scale across Canada, which has been our primary focus now for growth, is we're moving into more of the virtual and online platforms, which is helping us dramatically grow and scale our business. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to ask a question, take a, get a little bit more insight to you personally, right? And this is an interesting question I've been asking a lot of guests recently. And, and because of the diversity of answers, I'm going to continue to ask it because I think it's interesting. So if you could pick any business superpower, right? Whatever that business superpower is, obviously, we, you know, we can't fly like Superman or be bulletproof, but if it was a business superpower and you could pick anyone, something you're not good at now, but you'd love to be good at, what would that be? Wow, that's a great question. I would say, I might have two quick answers. One would be the ability to listen more. I'm learning that the more I mature. I'm an old guy. I'm 57 years old, but I, I, I've learned that I'm not always the best listener. So if, if I could listen even more, with our team, with our clients, et cetera, I think that would be a really good kind of superpower just to hone in on. In on. And I, you know, I think all of us can improve in that, that side. Another thing I'm not really great at is kind of the operational, kind of the details. So while it's, my job is primarily to focus on vision strategy and all that good stuff, if I you know, was better at focusing on the details and nitty gritty of the business, I'd probably be a better leader overall because I would get into the details and know the inner operations of the organization. So I would say those two things, listening and more detail focusing on the inner workings of, of our organization. Yeah. I don't think you're alone <laughs> in those two areas. <laughs> Being a good active listener is a really important skill, obviously, and as an entrepreneur in a leadership role at all. And, and obviously the devil's in the details. So I think that definitely helps. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. All right. Well, listen, today we're here, everybody. I've already kind of shared with you the basic idea of what we're going to talk about today, which is how to stop spinning your wheels so that you can focus in on the most important areas that are going to really impact growth in your business. So I'm going to turn it over to you, John. Give us a little bit of a framework there, and then we'll see where we get. Awesome. Well, you know, as a small business leader myself, you know, one of the challenges we have is that we tend to chase, I'll speak for myself, chase shiny objects. Well, as an entrepreneur, we see so many opportunities for growth and so many new, new options for products or how we run our business. We tend to chase a lot of those sort of things. And in chasing all of that, we tend to not execute very well. We try to do a little bit of everything and not really hone in on what we're doing. And then therefore, spinning our wheels. We're working harder and harder and harder, but we're not really getting stuff done. So really, the focus needs to be, what are you going to radically focus on? The very few things that will focus on growing your business and creating value in your business and having the discipline, the hard discipline of saying no to the other things that we're focusing on. So I've learned through the course of the, the, the work that I've done in, in primarily in rapidly growing organizations that it's that focus on strategy, the strategic plan. What are the big things that you'll work on in your business that really drive success? And learning to have that discipline of saying no. And strategy doesn't mean once you have it locked in that you're, it's that way forever. It's very dynamic. You can change it on a regular basis. But having that roadmap, 
I have found is the biggest success factor for small businesses to, to help scale and grow their organizations. Okay. So this strategy document, it's a living document, right? And unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses, especially small businesses that don't have that type of document. You know, they come in every day, they put their head down, they work real hard, and sometimes they get new customers and sometimes they have good months and sometimes they have bad months. And sometimes at the end of the day, they look in the mirror and they don't feel very productive and they don't feel like they had a real impact. So the goal of having this type of a strategy document is really just to keep you focused in on you know, the right things you need to be doing and then the things you need to say no to. And I know you mentioned that because saying no is hard for an entrepreneur, right? Especially a small business because we're used to wearing all the hats. So how do we do that? I mean, it's a great idea, but how do we go about doing that? Well, one of the keys is not, not to make it some a static document where you get a nice little report or your nice little computer file and you forget about it. It has to be a living and breathing thing. So we have found that there's really five steps for creating a strategy. And again, it's not about having fancy consultants coming in to do it. Anyone can do it. But you know, step one with any strategy is kind of looking at that future state. What does your business look like five years from now? Use visualization exercises to physically draw out what your business look like. What's your ideal client? What's your team look like? What are the products you're, you're working on? So that's kind of step one. Step two is confronting reality, looking at the reality of your business. What's working? What's not working? Where are your your strengths, where are your weaknesses, where are you on the business curve, for example, on your, the growth of your organization. So confronting reality is kind of step two. Again, you don't need to spend hours or days on this, but taking a hard look at what your opportunities are and where your weaknesses are. Is that kind of like a SWOT analysis, so to speak? Kind of like that exactly be a right. kind of SWAT. a basic look at it? Perfect. Yeah. SWOT would be a great idea. That's a good tool to use for confronting reality. We have some other tools that we use, like where you are in the business curve. Every organization has a life cycle curve, where you are in that and why. And where you are in the speed of change, for example. But a SWOT is a really good tool for confronting reality. So that's step two. Step three, which is kind of the heart of it, is putting your plan together. And we've developed a model. We call it the law of three plan design. So again, the challenge with entrepreneurs is we tend to do too much. So at the end of the day, as an organization, company, we can only really focus on three key things in an organization. So distilling down to what those three things are that you're going to obsess on is really key. So we, we, we call them big goals in our language. So what are the three things you're going to focus on over the next year to three years in your business to grow your business? And under that, three big goals, step goals are kind of what are the immediate things you're going to do? This year, what am I going to work on under these three big goals? And then you can put actions under that if you have a larger team or a scaled organization. But distilling it down to those top three things and having that relentless focus on the execution of that strategy, what we have found is, is to be the key for success. Now, the next step is we call it looking at the death threats. What are the big things that could get in the way of, of your strategy? And for me, I'll give you a personal one. One is chasing the shiny objects. You know, I'll come in with the team and say, hey, I got this great idea. I listened to this podcast. I listened to Dennis the other day on his podcast. We got to implement this. And the team's saying, whoa, okay. I mean, sounds like a really good idea, but how does this fit with the plan, right? So addressing those areas that could get in the way, we call them death threats of the execution of the strategy, is really key. And last but not least is what we call the rhythm of accountability. How often will you pull yourself out of the day-to-day whirlwind of activity in your business to focus on the execution of strategy? So that's absolutely key. So once you've articulated the strategy or created it, you got to talk about how you're going to focus on that execution of strategy. So we work with organizations to help them create that the strategy, the Law 3 plan design, and what's that rhythm that will work for you. And every company has their own unique rhythm of, of accountability of, of how they can pull themselves out to focus on the business, not just in the business. All right. So let's pull a couple of these apart. So in step two, you talked about confronting the reality, right? And you talked about 
you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit about the whole concept of a SWOT analysis. What are some of the biggest struggles or challenges you see with your clients or just with, you know, people that, you know, business owners or executives in an organization when it comes to this step? Because I think this is probably a pretty big roadblock because most people, a lot of people don't like to look in the mirror, right? They don't like to admit that they have, you know, they think they have it all under control, right? They like to believe they have it all under control, but in reality, that's kind of an illusion. So could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, that actually can be the hardest thing because people don't like to admit where their weaknesses are. But I've found that the successful way to position that is that this is in the context of creating your strategy. It's not just we're doing a SWOT and then see you later. It's really helping. It's stimulus so that we can help you formulate what the most important things are. So using the SWOT as an example. So on the strength side of the things you're really good at, maybe it's your branding, maybe it's your marketing, maybe it's how you deliver your products. The focus on strategy is how can you double down on that? So once you identify those key strengths, what are you going to do in your strategy to make that the best in the world or best that you can be in the world at, at those areas. So it, it's really putting in the context of strategy. When you get to the weaknesses side, well, any business, we have our challenges and weaknesses and we need to shore those up. doesn't mean you need to be best in the world in some of those things, but you need at least to be at a threshold level to run your business. So I found if you put it in the context that that's really stimulus, that's going to help inform the strategy, that really helps move things forward. And the more people do it too, that's the other thing. It's a learned skill. Strategy is just not kind of a one-time event and see you later. Should be doing this on a, a regular basis. The more you get comfortable with getting under the covers and, and confronting reality, then the better you get at it. Yeah, I love that. Okay, great. So let's peel back the onion a little bit on that step three, which is the law of three. I love that concept of limiting it to three, but I my gut tells me that those are a little bit more macro, right? Those are a little bit bigger picture type goals. And then you have to break those down into smaller, more actionable things. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, you're exactly right. So the big three are, you know, would be common, like what's your growth could be one, for example, what's your, your focus on the team or your employee base? The other could be new products or what have you. So they're kind of larger buckets, but the key is we're all in different seasons of business. So we can't focus on all of those three areas at once. You got to pick the three areas. Maybe it's more operational efficiencies during the season of your planning horizon. Maybe it's more on the marketing or business development side. But you have to pick what those three big things are at the macro level. Then you get down to the more micro level. Okay, what are the steps we're going to take to get there? Because the challenge of strategy is when people talk strategy, they often say, well, I want to grow by X percent. That's not a strategy. That's actually, you know, that's an outcome. That's what you're looking for. The magic comes in the steps that you're going to take or your team is going to take this month, this week, this year to get there. So the, the step, we call them step goals, once you've created the big goals, are the key activities that you will engage in, that your team will engage in, very measurable, very specific, to get to those big goals. So the magic comes in what happens after those goals and then the big goals, that, and then having the discipline to review it on a regular basis, follow it up, getting into that rhythm of, of accountability to follow up on those step goals and those actions. So a perfect example of that is what you said. You can have a goal of growing X percent or hit X revenue or whatever that goal is, but then those step goals you know, are going to be, you know, whether that be your paid ad channels or whether that be your organic social lead gen or whether that be, you know, you whatever the case may be, you know, meetings with clients or whatever those are, you know, there's going to be much smaller, more manageable and more probably a little bit more tactical, right? That are going to be a little bit more tactical, that closer to the actual tactic itself. Yeah, I like that. I like that whole concept of three, right? I like that. I think keeping it small and thinking about it from a macro and then getting a little bit more micro, it makes sense. It's just logical. All right. So we talked a little bit about that. Where do you want to go from here? Where, where else are some of the biggest challenges or where do you think 
people fall down or where, where they might need a little bit more assistance. Particularly, you know, when we're talking about the, you know, small businesses, which is probably the bulk of my audience, how would you guide them from here? Yeah, I think, you know, once you've got your, your plan down, and I would say done is better than perfect, you know, having at least a documented plan and ref generation or generation one is better than having nothing. So once that's down, the real magic comes into, into that rhythm of accountability. How are you going to hold yourself accountable or your team accountable to make sure that you're executing on the plan? As I say, it's a living document. It's dynamic, not static. So you need to figure out what that rhythm is in your organization. So meeting with your team or just reflecting yourself, when's the best time to do that? And what we do at, in, in our own organization at Envision, personally, I, I spend every Friday afternoon focusing on the business. I'll look at the strategy. I'll f- focus on what are those activities I need to be focusing on and, and really obsessing on to really grow the organization. But I take every Friday afternoon on just to focus on strategy. So it's not client work. I'm not looking at business development. I'm not looking at teamwork. It's myself focusing on the strategy. Every week as a team, seven members I've mentioned on our team, we sit down and take a look at the strategic plan. What are the key activities we're going to work on this week to help that focus moving forward? So we do that every week. We focus on the immediate things we'll work on. Then once a month, we pull ourselves away for an entire afternoon to focus on the strategic plan, which really, you know, what's working, what's not working? Do we need to adjust it? If there's a kind of an immediate business challenge or concern coming in, we will readjust the plan. That's why it's dynamic, not static. So we find that rhythm to be a really good one. Every half a year, we'll take a deeper dive. We'll take a half a day just to focus on the, kind of the macro strategy, the big goals. Are our big goals still uh, correct? And every year, we take a full day planning session with the team where we reassess our big goals, our step goals. Is a rhythm of accountability correct? Our assumptions right about the business. But the key is to having that discipline. And again, we're entrepreneurs, right? So for me, one of the hardest things I have is keeping my Friday afternoon open because it's tempting. You know, I have a client wanting to meet or you have you know, a business development call, but I really protect that time on the Friday afternoons to obsess on strategy. Same with our team time when we're working on it. We, that Monday afternoon is our, our strategy time. So having the discipline to do it, and I find the more we have that discipline and embed that discipline of the rhythm of accountability is really key. And I guess layered on top of that is having crucial conversations. So if we're not on track, saying, well, why aren't we on track? Did we lose our focus? Did we get sidetracked for some reason? Is somebody not holding up their end of the bargain or they got distracted with something? So the ability to have those crucial conversations as to why we're not on track and developing the, the accountability really is key. And it, it's awkward initially at first and people you know, aren't necessarily on board initially from the perspective of the accountability, but as they start reporting on things and getting into the rhythm of the plan, and they see what they're working on is tied in with these big goals, it actually is a real motivating factor in companies that really develops that alignment and in those swim lanes that everybody knows what they're doing and how it contributes to the greater good of the company and really helps drive that clarity. Yeah, I love that. So that framework, summarize that framework for me once again. You said Fridays, once a month, there was a couple, just give us a summary of that framework. I want to jot that down. So every Friday afternoon, I take myself away from the business and focus on the strategic plan. So this is just me, myself, focusing on what can I do to really support the strategy. So that's what I do. Every Monday afternoon, our team takes an hour and focuses on the overall strategy, what they're working on, how they're contributing to the strategy, what's working, what's not working. So that's every week, one hour. Every month, we take an afternoon, a Monday afternoon, for the entire team to get together to look at the overall strategy. Do we need to make adjustments? Are there new opportunities coming in that we might need to move into the plan and move something else, else out of the plan? So every, we do that once a month, twice a year, halfway through the year, we'll meet for another half a day to look at the big goals. Or are there assumptions that's changed in the business that we need to 
address. And then once a year is a full planning day where we look at the entire plan. We go through our visualization, confronting reality, setting our big goal, step goals, and then the rhythm of accountability. Perfect. Oh, I love that. I love that cadence. I love that. Like you call it a rhythm. I think that's a really, really good way to kind of explain that as kind of a rhythm or I call it like a cadence of, you know, of accountability, but I think it's, I think they're one and the same. So that's perfect. All right. Awesome. What else would you like to share in and around, you know, this whole concept of, you know, of stop spinning your wheels and focusing on the things that are really important? Well, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, our, our model for growth is a strategy, which we've been talking about mostly innovation, creating new ideas and executing on them. And the third kind of the, the glue that holds growth together is leadership. And so I think, you know, one, one piece of advice would be as leaders, our job in an organization is to determine what's important and why is it important and communicate it with our team so that they can, they can work on the how to's. And, you know, it's hard when you're starting an organization and, and when you're an entrepreneur, you, you tend to wear lots of hats, but you got to put the leadership hat on very often to, to grow and scale. I've found uh, when we're hiring new employees, et cetera, I've got to pull myself away from doing to leading, which is purposefully communicating the strategy on an ongoing basis, you know, communicating the priorities, supporting the team, listening to the team of, of you know, what, what's on their mind and what we need to do to grow. But really that leadership piece uh, is really what's uh, necessary to grow and scale. So we've got to wear the hat of a leader to determine what's important and why is it important, which is strategy, and let our teams figure out the how-tos. And not, you know, it's a, it's a matter of letting them learn and grow as well. They may not do it the same way you do it, and that's hard for an entrepreneur, but they might do it better. They'll do it differently for sure, but they might do it better. But your job is to, you know, provide the coaching, the guidance, the systems and processes so that they can work within the sandboxes as you're growing and scaling your business. But leadership is absolutely that ingredient that ties it all together. Yeah, I think one of the challenges with leadership from an entrepreneurial standpoint and working with their teams is exactly what you said. And that is, you know, they're always comparing how they may have done it in the past to how somebody else is doing it. And so one of the things that I struggled with, particularly early in my career, was giving that ownership away and then allowing them to really own it. And for me not to really have a huge influence on it, unless, you know, we determined that some influence was needed, right? Because maybe they were falling significantly short. I think that's something that people really, really struggle with. And I know I did personally. I can tell you right now that, that I probably micromanaged and had a little bit too much influence on some of those processes and it's my own detriment because I wasn't able to focus on some of those core elements where I needed to focus. So I think you hit that right on the head. I mean, is there anything you want to, what's been your observation then? Yeah, no, I think that's it. You know, that, that's, you know, it's a, the marriage of strategy and innovation so, and leadership. So, the, you know, having the strategy actually defines accountabilities. So within that strategy, you're assigning your team members accountability to own that, right? And to own it, you know, they need to learn how, you know, learn how to do it. Your job is to move from doing it for them to coaching and guiding. So having that freedom within a framework is really the key thing. And, and it's really, really hard, you know, because we, you know, we've developed our own businesses and we have our own in our mind one way of doing things. But to grow and scale, one way, there's got to be more than one way. Right? And uh, you know, our job is to put the systems and processes and the accountabilities in place to make that happen. But it's a, it's a hard, I find the hardest shift, especially in entrepreneurship, to make. But it's necessary to scale. Otherwise, you won't scale your, your company. So having a strategy and the leadership focus, are the, that's a magic blend for small, small organizations to grow and scale. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, I got a couple more rapid fire questions, then we're going to wrap it up for today. If you had to pick, what's your favorite growth tool or software, maybe an app or a SaaS product, something that you find yourself using all the time that definitely helps attribute to growth in your business? 
Uh, well, it's communication tools. I mean, Slack and Zoom. I mean, we use uh, Slack all the time. Uh, er, you know, we, we have our daily stand-up meetings through Slack. Every day we have a priority list of, of what we're doing. And uh, we communicate with our clients through Slack. So Slack is probably our number one tool. Zoom, of course, we do a lot of video conferencing and, and video uh, support. So those would be the two top two business tools that, uh, that we use here at Envision. Okay. And what would be one book that maybe you've read that helped you in your journey, or maybe it might help the audience on there? Is something you would recommend as a book? I would say McEwen's book on essentialism, which talks about focus, 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 focus. It's really what are the key things in your organization that will really drive your company? And it's things that we've already talked about. You know, you can't do it all. Let's focus on those few things that can move things forward. And he talks about the art of saying no. As entrepreneurs, we need to learn how to say no. So that's just a, been a really influential book for me. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, John, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Envision Edge, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Awesome. So you can fire off an email, John Ferris at EnvisionEdge.com. Look me up on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. Love to share content, share ideas. So uh, love to connect on LinkedIn. And last but not least, we do have a special gift for your audience, some tools on, on strategy that can, uh, can be helpful. And you can pick that up at EnvisionEdge.com backslash growth experts. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. Stay safe up there in Canada. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. We will, Dennis. Thank you so much. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.